give me a number between one and uh, ten. Let's keep it normal. Okay. All right. Let's go with uh, two. Okay. So what I've done is I've taken all of the names of the people who have left reviews and I've put them in a random.org list and I'm going to hit randomize twice. And the name that is up top is the winner of our 2021 Chorus FM contest. Shall I? You shall. Here we go. Randomize one, randomize again. And the winner is hilarious. So Aaron Butgart. Yes. All right. The new dad. Yeah. He is the winner <laughs> of our Chorus FM contest. I was kind of hoping Shanny Byrne was going to win. I know. I thought, what if Shanny Byrne got it? <laughs> yeah. Hey, pal, you won. So Aaron will be in contact. We'll get your email and get you all set up there on Chorus FM. And Congratulations, will, Aaron. <laughs> uh Welcome you on the support, one of the supporter forums with Jason Tate. Uh, it's called the Jason Tate Q&A forum. And he's in there just t- chatting with people all day. And and uh, it's a fun time. How are your floors, by the way? Great. Great. Just a couple of uh, issues that I noticed myself. But uh, when we show people, they can't really uh-huh. see it. And that's what's important. Are it? there any creaks? No creaks. I thought oh, I heard dude, a creak. So I thought lucky. I heard a creak, like, but I was mistaken. I went back and was like, eh, wow. Nope. Now, what do you do if there is a creak? Nothing. You just step around that next time, and hopefully uh, your, your better <laughs> half is not in, a, in earshot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, that's the thing I would worry about is the moment there's a creak, I'll never hear the end of it. I couldn't live in fear, David, and I, I didn't want to spend the exorbitant amount of money to hire a professional, so... There you have it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and here's the thing is if it, uh, I guess here's the thing is if there's a creek, you blame it on them. And that's the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are they going to do? Rip the whole floor up? <laughs> How were your holidays? Uh, well, we got a, uh, I guess technically, even though we're fast forwarding a, a couple of weeks here, we got a week left of this break. Um, th- this you, you and I were sh- basking in uh, the thunderstorm last night. I felt like that was a nice. A nice little cherry on our break yeah. here. I felt like the the rain and the thunder and lightning was was necessary to put me more in the mood. Uh, it's been really enjoyable. This this next week, I'm looking to now that Christmas is over, uh, the kids have been uh, gifted. Everything's everything's good. Everything should yes. be peaceful, and uh, that's what I'm looking for for the yeah. next seven days, man. Everyone, what was like? Uh, 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 give me one uh, big gift that you got that you loved. That I got. Yeah. All right. Uh, my favorite gift was probably the retractable 30-foot extension cord that sits uh, in the middle of the garage now. Yeah, I, nice. I have been dragging extension cords out of my toolbox for years. And I thought, just just out of the blue, I was working with my uh, skill saw and the, uh, and the table saw. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice if I had something I, just, I could just pull down? And I asked yeah. for that, got it, and it is so cool. It does the, It's auto-retracting. Dude, yeah, it's my favorite gift of this season. Is there a light on the end of it? Too? There is. It's a very. Uh, it's. It's. Dude, that's, those are the best kind. Yeah. So now I can see where it is. I'm not gonna. And I'm not gonna bonk my head on it anyway. But if I was in the dark and needed to see it, I could no, find. No, but you you grab the light hook and then you bring it with yeah. you and then you hook it to where you need to hook it and then plug stuff in. It's the best. Uh, what about you, man? Uh, yeah, I get it. Uh, I got a new laptop bag, uh, so that's always nice. Um, Susie said you needed a new laptop bag because yours is falling apart. And I don't notice that stuff. I, I like the bag, but I like the new bag too. So. 
today it got its first test run at, at work and it did well so much so that i forgot it and now i'm on my windows <laughs> machine at home using edge for those keeping score at home oh man uh, not no more chrome, chrome. <laughs> not for no more chrome for me uh yeah no updates i don't think at the moment of recording this podcast uh with the keystone but i know that google wants to f- solve it so yeah good for them i guess um uh let's see oh uh oh i said the laptop bag that's my family gift uh a buddy of mine got this has nothing to do with the pod but i like talking about it um a buddy of mine got a cameo from John Lovitz from another what? friend of his <laughs> as like a Christmas gift. And it was so funny and obscure. I told him, I was like, I wish I'd thought of something this random. Uh, I would have done this instead of doing family photos. Um, <laughs> and he was like, well, let's do one. So uh, this buddy and I played in a band together in high school and we all pretend that we're still in the band. So we went in on a video uh, from El Jefe from No Effects to have him roast our band. And we sent it to the three of us, uh, him, me and our drummer. And uh, it was really, really funny. Um, And uh, his best line was like, last off the bus is your name. Uh, Let me tell you, if 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 I was on that bus, I'd be first off the bus. It's terrible. (laughs) Um, So that was that was fun. uh, and he actually did two takes because his first take, he like essentially just read the email that Ryan sent him and like literally just read the link out that we sent. <laughs> um, so he ended up doing a second one. He was very kind about it. So um, here is a weird one. Zach Lind was watching Die Hard on Christmas. Oh, gosh. And how obscure you commented the TV edit line on his Instagram and got a like and you and I nerded out about that for a minute. And then I log in later and I'm doing something or other. And I just wanted to like glow, like bask in the like of it. And that dude unliked that. comment. <laughs> so this uh, continues. And I have, I have evidence. I have complete, <laughs> I have evidence of him liking the comment. I'm wondering yeah, you, if you, you looked sent me at the screen it. cap of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I thought it was Very, fun. I thought yeah. I took, I, I was one of the first, I think it was one of the first comments on it. It was like a 16 second old post. He didn't start uh, replying until after I'm, you know, good for him until after the film was over. Uh, I was one of the top comments. Uh, I think what he did was he saw who the comment was from and then immediately yeah. unliked it. Not cool. Yeah, that's okay. That's what I'm assuming. One day we'll be cool enough for Zach to like us. <laughs> one day he might really love <laughs> us. And there's just one simple disconnect. And once we address yeah. that, if I've watched enough yeah. uh, Hollywood movies that we're going to end up being the best of friends afterward. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know enough about sports, specifically football, I think, to hang. But I would love to. <laughs> um, uh, I like music uh, <laughs> because we have our uh, our VIP calls coming up soon. I, I decided my first approach is to give Susie the first minute. And then I'm like, do I hijack the second minute about the pod or... Am I going to cop out and just at the very end sign off with something about the podcast? And then they can determine whether or not they want to stay on that call or not. But I, I made chicken out and not not make it about the pod. Yeah, well, I was I, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Whatever whatever transpires in your meeting with them, uh, it will basically shape how I'm going to converse with them uh, the yeah. following day on that Wednesday. Worst afternoon. case, I drive over to your place and it's me again. <laughs> yeah, dude, just do it. Hey, weren't you on yesterday's call? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh, 45 man. minutes. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because it's a two-minute thing, yep. right? So we it's don't have a minutes. lot of time. No. Um, I did. I did think... The best question I could think of to ask is about the artwork for one, two, three, four, because we don't know what it is or who it is or where it's from. Now, it very much could be like, I don't know. We just saw it in the newspaper. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's going to be a look at my grandpa's house. Likely going to be a quick um, response. So we would have to have some follow up to that. But that's a great question. Yeah, yeah. it's a it's a it's an idea. Um Cause yeah, then it's like, you know, do you want to ask something that obscure? Like that's what you asked. I don't know. I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do yet. So still figuring it out. Anyway, lastly, there's some bracket playoff thing going on in the Facebook group. I don't really understand, but I believe this song is still in that. Um, at least it was as of a few days ago. Um, but I don't really understand. I just keep voting for what songs I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't um, uh, grasp what it was about either. I should. Uh... Yeah, should probably read, I think it read might be back. a survivor thing, but it yeah, seems it to is. be a bracket. And sometimes I can vote for multiple things and sometimes I can only vote for one. I don't know. I just I, I read like the first line and then the last line that tells me how many things I can vote for. And then I just vote for my favorite songs. And usually it's like the fifth most popular in the uh, thing. Well, the um, sub or that so yeah, uh, the sub, there it is. the uh, the group just hit a thousand members as of 19 hours ago. So good for us. Whoa. Yeah, that's cool. I love the ones that are like, hey, guys, I'm new to this group. I did a cover. I hope you like it. And then you never hear from that person again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, OK, so this week, the song is. Oh, we didn't. I, I guess we didn't do an intro. This is Jimmy. Eat Pod. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is Jimmy Eat Pod. And yeah, so today we uh, we had a request from a listener. Listener Eric uh, was going back and forth. I uh, didn't get a chance to leave the voicemail, but did actually. Uh, I sent I believe he sent an Instagram with a link. That had some content alluding to us doing "Hear You Me," and oh, and so I don't know if you have our Instagram up, if if you can find that post uh, from a, just a couple of days ago. Did he tag us in it? He should have. Yeah, there it is. Let's when see. worlds collide, and let's see what he had uh, what he had linked us to. That grainy audio. I know exactly what this was. Um, We'll be getting to that a little bit later in the uh, into the cover section, but his one of his favorite bands has been and oh, is. Uh, thank you. Yeah, he put the link in the comment, and I was like, I, I can't copy that. Yeah. I'll have to get back to this, and I forgot to get back. And to there this. we go. So, yeah, good. Okay, so, got it. There you have it. It was uh, it, it was Paramore, and so he was just. We were talking about uh, songs, and uh, and he had mentioned "Here You Me," and here we are. We're talking about track six of eleven, on That's right. uh, one of uh, you know, and just judging from the covers that we came across, one of the most impactful uh, songs on this album. Uh, yeah, so we opted for no pun on yeah, this episode. Yeah, um, That's why we just but, dove uh, right in. <laughs> and yeah, you know what? Um, before and we'll get it out of the way here. Uh, absolutely love this song until you're looking for covers for it. And then you get real, we joked about getting real sick of that D chord. Yeah. Um, but what's nice is as you skip through and skipping past the D chord, past the D chord, past the D chord, the rest of the song is not played out, but definitely that first three seconds is, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it has become grating on my ears. However, yeah. what a jam. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Track six of 11 on bleed American, which could you, <laughs> I don't know how to do overs and un overs or unders, but I feel like this is appropriate. 
how many pressings of Bleed American do you think there were? Man, um, dude, I don't even know. Did that go? Did that go um, platinum? I believe it did. Let's actually check. Okay, well then, and that's a million, right? But you're asking yes. pressings. How so many, pressings, yeah, how many, pressings uh, do, different doesn't pressings. This... So like you remember like in 2011 they did like the deluxe oh, yeah. vinyl pressing and all that stuff and and then there's CDs and there's cassettes and how many I'm going to guess so when you go into Discogs you're saying you could probably see all those different uh, releases and pressings. I, I, what's funny is I didn't think that it would just tell me at one place so I actually manually counted them <laughs> and then I was only off by a couple so I was like I'll defer to Discogs uh, okay. telling me. I'm going to guess 23. <laughs> <laughs> oh that was, that's a good guess no 43 my percent. goodness <laughs> oh American. my goodness uh, that's a popular album wow <laughs> um yeah uh because and, and only because i like to go through and l- literally check every discogs listing just in case there's something one little nugget of information on one posting that's not on the rest. And they even have a comment section. So I scroll down just to be like, somebody's not like, we found somebody that the guy, hmm, what song was it? It was the guy that did uh, the Emery. Uh, He was like, Oh, Emery was on my label and all that, blah, blah, blah. And he was in the comments of discord for the 99 recordings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and yes, uh, it was certified platinum. It's as of September, 2016, the album has sold 1.6 million copies. Wow. Bleed American has. Um, so I wonder if they get another gold record. Like, do you get platinum plus gold? Um, cause gold is 500,000. Yeah. It's just like, I think it's like YouTube. You just get the, you get them all. You, you just, what you, what you're deserved, you get, you got to catch them all. Yeah. <laughs> and you put them in order. When I put on yeah. my pants, I make gold records, baby. <laughs> That's right. Here's here's a bit of trivia that I um, we had never really touched on. It was released July 24th, 2001. Right. As Bleed American. And then we always say, and then it was re-released as Jimmy Eat World after 9-11. I actually have the release date of the updated Jimmy Eat World self-titled version of Bleed American with Salt, Sweat, Sugar as the main as the uh, title track or not even the title track. Right. Like, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. It, the, it would be the lead off track. Yeah. What date is that? Uh, and that's uh, November 12th, 2001. So, uh, so eight, nine, 10, it lived for three and three quarter months as bleed American before it uh, got re-released. And my assumption is, I guess it maybe it, I wonder if it got pulled from the shelves. Uh, I know my copy says bleed American yeah. on it. I got one of the original uh, release uh, things. Well, wouldn't they, if I remember correctly, in record stores, they did this with with uh, covers that had um, that had like let's say pornography or something like a, Nirvana, a curse like word a, on it. Never mind. When they put there was like a, a yeah. shielding they would put in front of the album that sure, d- didn't yeah, necessarily yeah. like you, you could couldn't see that, but you could tell that there was something. Maybe they were yeah, you, yeah. I mean you're, I mean I guess it's it's. It's hard to get into that mindset again, being 20 years removed from, you know, 20, almost 21, almost 20 years removed from it. But like, yeah, was it like the record stores were going to pull it from the shelves and incinerate the copies and have no proof that it ever existed? Or, yeah, did they sell off the stock of uh, what they had and then all future pressings starting on November 12th said Jimmy Eat World on them? Uh, I guess that would be tough to know um 
without uh, a time machine. <laughs> right. <laughs> time machine. Um, oh, doc. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's a gym song. Uh, Rachel Hayden of That Dog uh, is featured on it. Um, and it's got a notable high note of a G sharp four and a notable low note of B two. And now here's a bit of interesting trivia. It's their number 11 most played song in concert at 511 times. Mm -hmm. And this says the first played in concert by Jimmy Eat World, July 23rd, 2001 at the web theater in Phoenix, Arizona. Last played in concert by Jimmy Eat World, December 7th, 2019 at acoustic Christmas. Um, which is probably one of the last shows, last live shows they played. Um, however, we have audio of the band playing it in 99. Uh, I guess it's a go big casino show. So, and actually let's do this. Um, uh, if you open up frame IO, you'll see that there's a audio from our splat out of luck episode and Eric Grubbs gives us a little information about why Go Big Casino uh, was playing that song in 99. Okay, here we go. You know, here you me, uh, the fact that that was a Go Big Casino song that I downloaded through <laughs> Napster and heard it redone and the way that uh, Jim played, or sorry, Zach played the drums. You know, I, I, I really admired that. And so like... So that that was the... Uh-huh. Little, I, I wonder if that's a Freudian slip though, because if that was a... if that was originally a go big casino song here you me it probably was jim playing drums uh on the demo version of of like uh, we don't what's interesting is we only have live versions of go big casino playing it there's not like a studio recording of go big casino playing it unless you count the demo as go big casino playing it because uh there is zach or uh yeah zach on twitter was talking about I'm looking for it real quick. I've made my uh, text really big, but it makes it kind of crazy to like scroll around and and find anything. Um, Zach talked about how Jim brought it to the band essentially done. So Lexi Warner 13 on July 24, 2018 uh, 2018 says, describe the writing process of Hear You Me. It's one of my favorite songs lyrically. And Jimmy Eat World's account responds, Hear You Me writing process was all Jim. He handed us the demo and it was already perfect. Which makes me think that the demo, uh, which we'll play uh, here momentarily, uh, is probably in the fashion that we've come to be used to on (laughs) doing deep dives onto all of these songs. It's probably Jim playing everything into a four track right. recorder and and all that stuff so um uh yeah uh oh and the reason that was july 24 2018 was jimmy Eat world was doing a 17 year uh a um uh on twitter so that was why lexi warner 13 uh did that um uh asked that question um so yeah yeah and um, uh you, sh- we have um so just going on to song meanings, 350 comments. I think that uh, if you, it, based on the popularity of the song, if anyone was interested in this, they've gone through and at least looked into uh, what the song is about. So there, I'm assuming that this is going to be about Michael and Carly, uh, even though there are a few people who make some great, uh, some great points that it is, it, it is a song about, loss and i can understand that as well 
Uh, but I'm going to go with the fact that they that this was um, in response to Michael and Carly's tragic story. And we did talk about this on my Weezer episode on the Patreon, but I do want to cover this again. Um, did you read the MTV article at all? I did not. And it was from it was from the archive, so it was on uh, July sixteenth of nineteen ninety seven. So, and this was just a few days after the accident happened. Um, and this is just this is essentially how it went. Uh, the very basic overview of, of their tragic ending was that they were coming back from a show, seeing Weezer in Colorado, uh, and there were three sisters in the car. There was Michael, Carly, and their younger sister Trista. Uh, Michael and Carly were uh, thirty one and twenty nine respectively, and then Trista was in her early 20s. Uh, The car, no one was on the road, so they don't know exactly what happened, but it was probably a late night. Uh, The car went off the road near Colorado Springs, Colorado, um, and they, they all, all three of them perished in this car accident. And this is 1997. This is when um, Weezer was, was big, but Michael and Carly's sort of inclusion into the whole story started with Weezer, They were, uh, back when my cousin had gotten into the uh, fan club, when he was just getting me into Weezer in 1994, that was the time when they were running this. But not only did they run the uh, Weezer fan club, but they also ran uh, That Dog, which is Rachel Hayden's band, Uh, The Mm -hmm. Rentals, which is Matt Sharp's band, Uh, Space Twins, which is um, Brian Bell's band. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Special Goodness, which is Pat's band. And then Chopper One was Jason Cropper and his wife. And I found out that they also ran uh, Kara's Flowers. Have you ever heard of Kara's Flowers? I don't think so. It's it's essentially Maroon 5 before they were called Maroon 5. Oh, And it's a really, it's a a cool album. I remember I purchased the album and and let a buddy of mine, uh, Dan, borrow it. And the line that he came back, he didn't like it because he liked the sound that Maroon 5 had. But... This album, The Fourth World, uh, Cars Flowers, had more of a poppy, mid-90s, kind of like alt-alternative pop sound. And it was overdone at the time. And the line that he he came back to me remembering was, uh, this was in, I think it was in Future Kid, the second track. He goes, um, Teddy Ruxpin is a whore, which was a very memorable line. (laughs) But it's just, it just seems like it was just out of place in that. But there's That's it's awesome. a cool album. You can find it on on Spotify. I mean, it's it's successful. It's not like it's hard to find. Um, but they also managed that. So Michael and Carly, diehard music fans, uh, managed all of these uh, the fan clubs, the mailing lists, and they were very much ingrained in the music community and up and coming bands and giving them a chance. And if you look at when we go through the lyrics, uh, Jimmy World, uh, Jim in particular, I'm assuming that they, he wrote the lyrics. You'll see that he highlights how uh, how supportive they were, and just like the impact that they had on any band that was that was just like a fledgling band at that time in the early '90s. And uh, what else was I going to say about Michael and Carly? So there wasn't a lot to say about uh, Michael and Carly's specific involvement with Jimmy Eat World. We'll talk about that a little bit later. You have that that uh, screen grab from. Um, yeah, from the Believe in What You Believe, want, believe in DVD. What You Want DVD. Yeah. Uh, but there wasn't a lot to say. So I'm assuming that there this was more, you know how Jim is a pretty private guy anyway. I think that this was more of yeah. a like an internal thing that he wanted to get out if he was in yeah, fact writing I, this as Go Big Casino. Yeah, that's that's the vibe I get because uh as far as I could tell, and you can correct me on this, but they weren't on the Michael and Carly C D. 
which not. was called Hear You Me, right? Right. Um, but they wrote a song, uh, which essentially probably, well, was the Hear You Me CD all Weezer covers? No. So it was, um, okay, Hear You Me. I'd heard. So the first song I'd that you had on. Yeah, was Ozma's Iceland, which was actually off of one of their albums. So uh, there's a lot of these, um, there's a lot of these artists. Like for example, let's go through. I'm just gonna name a couple of these artists that are on the Hear You Me attribute to attribute to Michael and Carly, uh, Ozma, Chopper One, Kara's Flowers, uh, Shuffle Puck, That Dog, Black Market Flowers. Uh, who else is there? Lazy Eye, and then Weezer's on the end with Michael and Carly. In fact, a song that they wrote before right. any okay. of the tragedy happened. But so it's not necessarily all Weezer stuff. It's just uh, it's bands that were impacted or influenced or helped or aided in some some way by Michael and Carly Allen that were on Got this it. album that came out in January 27 yeah. of 1998. So around the same time that maybe Jim heard this and then he was inspired to put together, you know, as he's going through his right. Go Big Casino stuff. That he's he's inspired to put together this thing that's specifically for them didn't have to be on any album, yeah. Um, and I'm gonna look real quick. I wrote down four of the song meanings with the the, the most upvotes. One of which is 17 upvotes, which is the most I've ever seen on song meanings. Um, from what we we're doing, but somebody had said that "Hear You Me" the phrase was something that Michael and Carly was uh their catchphrase sort of was hear you me uh do you know anything about that this is the only ex who we've talked about before ex pank frist right uh was the one that had mentioned that so i hadn't heard i hadn't seen that mentioned anywhere else except for in this comment uh right and i actually i uh, that was the one quote that i had pulled out from song meetings from april 10th 2002 is ex pank frist uh, this song was yeah. included on an album dedicated to Michael and Carly, the women that ran the Weezer fan club 93 to 97. Their catchphrase sort of was hear you me and they died in a car crash. Uh, knowing this, the song makes sense as the duo would often look after up and coming bands by giving them uh, places to stay and baking them cakes and food at concerts. Uh, you know, I never really analyzed it until we started looking at the lyrics and then we came you and I had both come across articles that had uh, kind of expanded on this. And it makes sense once you really, when you break it down is, I, I thought of it like a Shakespearean, somebody announcing something from the stage saying, hear you me, yes. essentially, like if you put some punctuation in there or, or you know, proper grammar would be right. hear you, comma, me. So listen up. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear, hear ye, yeah, hear ye. Exactly. Listen to me. So hear you, me, if that makes uh, d- d- that's what I understand this means is that 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 was their catchphrase was they, they wanted to be. I uh, buy it. Yeah. Was, hey, you listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, I, I don't hey, know what no. it is. Hey, come get these uh these baked confectionery treats that we just brought you guys. <laughs> Rivers would yeah. you know run over. So that's that was their catchphrase was hear you me. Uh there was a little bit more information on it, but that's essentially what I gathered from it is that it's it's sort of a yeah. uh, just it, it's a phrase that makes sense once you you visualize how it's, it's punctuated. Yeah. So it's an E major key, 12B Camelot, 444 duration, 136 BPM. Yeah, and three-quarter time, Do you baby. Want, yeah, so that was this is a rare three-quarter time song. Yeah. You don't get many of them. Uh, so uh, always excited to hear one of those. Do you want to go through the lyrics, and then maybe we can poke around in the demo because there's some interesting stuff in there too? Sure. 
Sure. And I think this is going to be very straightforward uh, if we put it in the context of this. knowing the backstory. Exactly. Yeah. So I can probably and, and there's some parts that do repeat. So there's not going to be a lot that we're going to be um, kind of dismantling here. So it starts out with this. It goes, there's no one in town. I know you gave us some place to go. And it's known that Michael and Carly were always willing uh, to let bands stay with them if they were in between venues traveling, let's say like Jimmy World coming from. Phoenix all the way to LA they lived and and they were sort of uh what did they say they were sort of gypsies in the way that they lived they lived a lot of different places I think they started up in Oregon they had moved down to various places in Los Angeles they'd been all over the place Pasadena at some point so anytime that a band was uh in the area they always opened up their home to them so that's what that essentially means you gave us some place to go you always had a place for us uh I never said thank you for that I thought I might get one more chance. And I just take that as the band never really gave their true thanks. Uh, but I can't imagine Jim not saying, hey, thanks. Uh, you know, this is this means a lot to us. But it's just one of those things yeah. where you think you could say it. And I think that that fourth line there really uh, makes that third line ring a little bit more true where um, I thought I might get one more chance. You never really give your true goodbye because you always think you're going to see that person again. Yep. Right. And I, Jay Albany's six uh, on Genius really put it well. I like this. Uh, we all take many things in our life for granted, whether it's certain people in our lives, the situation we're in, or simply just the way something or someone makes us feel. We can easily get lost in the madness and busyness of everyday life and forget to stop and savor the moment. We often forget to say thank you or I love you to the ones that mean the most to us, typically not realizing it until we no longer have that opportunity. So really, really just... Um, restates what that line is saying expands on that and just says you, you always think you're going to see that person again and you hear so many people reg regretting even though it's unfair to, to have that regret because you you always assume that you're going to see somebody next <laughs> right yeah um and then we go into verse two which is what would you think of me now so lucky so strong so proud you were i mean you were partially responsible you and your sister were partially responsible for us being successful so helpful aiding in, uh, in our success here. What would you think of us now? We're playing big venues. You know, we're just about, and yep. it, let's just assume that this was before, um, this was after Capitol Records, right? But before uh, Bleed American was released. So yep. big things were happening at this point. So huge yep. news for, for them as a band at this point in their lives. And then we go, oh, and then I never said thank you for that. And now I'll never have the chance, ha never have a chance. And then we go into the chorus. May angels lead you in. Hear you me, my friends. And there you have that uh, that catchphrase of theirs. You know, hopefully the angels lead yeah. you in into the pearly gates, into heaven. Um, you know, hopefully you're in a better place now. On sleepless roads, the sleepless go. May angels lead you in. Uh, I don't want to read into that being like something specifically to what had caused the accident. I just think on sleepless roads re uh, references the fact that they were tirelessly helping bands traveling supporting these bands uh even even bands that they they believed in that no one else would believe in and it, yeah. you know it was them that was really giving and being in a band bands. is a lonely endeavor yeah oh yeah and for the most part you are on empty highways between the venues you're playing a show for 90 minutes and everything else is all the time between you know right um so yeah, uh, yeah. Definitely. The road the road can be um, 
a, a tough place and uh, on a band and for them being that shining beacon, you know, the, the ones that were running their fan clubs, the ones that were giving yeah. them the, their places to stay. Um, now, so we don't ba- bounce back and forth too much. Let's let's jump into that uh, semi charm kind of blog, uh, which is a it seems like just like uh, like, yeah, writing a master's degree in English one song at a time. This person <laughs> would definitely have a podcast now, like it would be called semi charm kind of pod. And they would be doing the same thing because their blog is very much like could be a great podcast. So here's what they have to say about that line in particular. Uh, Hear you me is precisely the type of clunky old phrase that times tends to erase. It basically means listen up. But the modern ear, it's almost as if the phrase is missing a word or two. That said, way back in the heyday of William Shakespeare, this kind of thing would actually sound quite commonplace. After all, when ish got real, like, for example, when a bunch of people ended up dead all at once, they were often known to start talking all super formal and stuff, kind of like this. Good night, sweet prince, and flights of angels seeing thee to thy rest. Horatio Hamlet, the fifth. Uh, wait a minute. Seeing to dead folks in sentences that could possibly benefit from an extra noun of direct address? Oh, yeah, I've heard that before. May angels lead you in. Here you mean, my friends, on sleepless roads, the sleepless go. May angels lead you in. The syntax is tricky, but the message is clear. Hey, man, I really miss you, and I hope you get to heaven. Bet you Shakespeare wishes he'd thought of that. Um, so uh, is there a, the writer's name is nowhere on this, but I thought that was really pithy and good. Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. I wonder who runs this blog. It does not seem to be active anymore. Um, so anyway, well, hopefully they got into podcasting <laughs> semi charmed kind of blog. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad it's archived here. Yeah. This post is from April 1st of 2012 and it was their 28th post and their final post was September 1st, uh, 33 the rising by bruce springsteen um the boss so yeah so that's uh that's a little bit about the angels leading you in potentially being lifted from that shakespeare quote uh, or uh, inspired by the shakespeare quote um and flights of angels sing thee to thy rest um another interesting take i saw on reddit was futures 2004 had asked had anybody read the prayer of owen meany and that book in particular is said to have inspired uh, the song Goodbye Sky Harbor. Yet there is an interesting line that um, Futures 2004 pointed out. It says, also in the book, a prayer is said that contains a line mentioning angels leading somebody into heaven. So perhaps Jim drew on this book once again to complete Hear You Me. Um, and it's also, I guess, possible that Owen Meany was referencing Shakespeare. So, right. Um, so there we go back uh, to Shakespeare. But reference. a couple. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, that's pretty good company to be in. Right. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that is I, I just didn't want to move on from the chorus and bounce back to it later. Okay. Uh, if we could do some real life uh, uh, live on the pod genius annotating. <laughs> well, really, there is only one verse left. Uh, it's it's essentially the. The verse three is very similar to verse two it's so what would you think of me now so lucky so strong so proud yeah um i never said thank you for that now i'll never have the chance the uh the now the fourth verse comes after an instrumental that verse three the chorus again and then uh what's noted as a bridge which has basically background vocals that include rachel hayden and jim singing may angels lead you in back yeah it's like a call and response thing that's Uh uh-huh 
And then one more instrumental, which in the demo, I believe this is where it was the... Yes. That's the organ, right? Oh, yes. And there's a there's a word change from the demo and the Go Big Casino version to the one on the record that we okay. can talk about, too. Okay. Well, and, and then in this verse, this last uh, unique verse, it's... Uh, it breaks down to just the arpeggiated or the, I guess it's just the twinkly guitars as we like to say here. Uh, and, <laughs> and if you were with me tonight, I'd sing to you just one more time. I think that's the most intimate moment of this, yeah. this song. I could imagine Jim, all I did, no full band, just Jim wants to be there with Michael and Carly yeah. and say, I'd sing to you just one more time. Um, just a way just to express that life is fleeting and and you really should take advantage of every moment you have to say what you need to say because um as much as you don't want to believe it maybe this is going to be the last time you see this person yeah uh and then so, and what an, an a way that this almost feels like the doves are being released here with these last two lines is a song for a heart so big uh god wouldn't let it live they were such selfless people and uh, hopefully they're in a better place. Well, they would be in a better place. And uh, you were just not meant for this world. Yep. Yeah. And then it goes into the chorus, uh, the chorus and an outro again. So it's it's a long song for very, such few lyrics. So few lyrics. Yeah. Um. And uh, what what a jam. So uh, we mentioned the demo. Um, do you have it queued up or you want me to send you a link to it? Can you send me a link to it? It's going to be through the drive. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Uh, so this is the demo, uh, that is, we don't know for sure, but we can probably guess that Zach was doing the tweeting and said that he received that the band received essentially a finished demo from Jim and it was perfect. Mm -hmm. So it's probably Jim playing the organ, the drums, uh, and the guitar, uh, on this. Uh, and I wrote down a couple notable timestamps here. Um, most importantly is that the lyric, God wouldn't let it live in this version, and this is at 334, is God couldn't let it live. Right. Um, which is interesting that that was his gut. I wonder what he would have meant by couldn't versus changing it to wouldn't, which makes more sense, but probably it's a recency bias, like more like I'm, I'm so used to it being that what I think it were weird going the other way around. Well, um, just to kind of go on that, if, if, if somebody's saying couldn't or wouldn't, I'm, and I had to, and I had to make a, a difference. I almost think like someone would use couldn't, um, when they're trying to, they're just, they're almost angry. They couldn't, he just, it, yeah, do it. I see that. Yeah. Right. And then wouldn't is more of a, it's still on the same level, a similar level, but I, I feel more like um, that person that's no, and they're they're no longer in earshot, but they wouldn't let yeah. it live. We have to, we have to um, come to. Well, and it's grips. about the heart being so big, right? Yeah, a song for a heart. So the heart is so big that God wouldn't let it live, versus the heart is so big God couldn't let it live. Maybe couldn't almost is more poetic in that your heart is so big God Himself couldn't stop it uh from uh uh uh, from emitting so much love from your body like it's almost like uh uh it's it's too much for your body to handle yeah the love that you had to give that even god himself couldn't uh keep that versus god wouldn't let it live almost i uh, it's not jealousy i'm thinking of but you know what i mean like um it's it's sort Your of justification. Is so big, you, this is the only way that ah 
and I think this, what's interesting is this is, I think how I interpreted it in high school. Uh, I don't know my biblical parables well enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you couldn't tell, I didn't really flex them, uh, a couple of weeks ago, or was it last week? Or, yeah, yeah. If you were, uh, born, if you were today. born today. Um, uh, but I believe, is it Job's son or something? Somebody is so good that uh, they need to be in heaven. I guess it's Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's so good that they need to be in heaven. And so God takes that person from earth to uh, do his bidding in the kingdom of heaven. So maybe that's what Jim was getting at with saying, Yeah, you were never, you were never meant for this world. You were better than this world. Right. Correct. Yeah. It, it's almost a, a Messiah type of deal. You know, yeah, I like your interpretation um, much better. <laughs> yeah. So I went from uh, not liking the demo version to thinking the demo version was better and then going back to saying, no, I think he nailed it with wooden. <laughs> so there it is. So shall, what do you think? Shall I, play, yeah. shall I play a little bit of the introduction and then move up to it was 334? 334. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll play a little bit of the intro here so you can hear how yep. similar it is. I love the second guitar here. And it's it sounds more like how they play it live. Yeah. There's no one in town I know. You gave us some place to go. I never said thank you for that. Now, I know this is looking way too far into this, but hearing the hi-hat where it was, it's missing the, it's missing the note in between the, the snare. Uh-huh. So, so you hear this, it's the, the, the beat, um, it's the kick beat, and then it's that boom, tss, tss, boom, tss, tss. right. And it makes me think, I, I visualize like an EKG, like the heartbeat is what oh, I'm, yeah. I have no idea if that was at all intentional, but I just think. That's what my my where my brain went when I when I was hearing that again is that it almost sounds like the the beat of a heart in the background, but I, that's that also could be the the anatomy of of a drum beat in general. So. <laughs> oh, absolutely, I hear it for sure. Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead to three thirty three and listen to that. Oh, actually, you know what? You might as well back up because if we go to three thirty three, then we're gonna miss the organ, right? Yes. So maybe go to like three minutes. If you were with me tonight, 
sing to you just one more time song for our hearts so big God couldn't let it live Let this play through 408. So good. Oh, man. I really wish they kept that organ in there. Yeah, right. It's got well, a lot. It reminds me of Joe Cocker. credited for playing the organ on it. Oh yeah. So it must be buried in the mix somewhere. We have the instrumental. Maybe we could play it under uh, some point. Um, but maybe it's buried back beneath the vocals. Um, right. Uh, let's see. You you want to play a little bit of the instrumental here and uh, see if there's yeah. I mean, where would we go? Like the bridge, and see if it's there still. Yeah, let's do that. So I'm going to jump ahead to that same section. See, right there. Yeah, you can hear it in the background. I think. There, it's coming in. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. You could definitely hear it coming into that uh, into that guitar solo section. Uh, it, it sounds like a Hammond B3 coming in. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Found something I was looking for all day just now. Um, Excellent. So that'll be exciting for our covers section. Yeah. Um, uh, I found it interesting that this was never a proper single because it's such a bop. I guess most yeah. people probably know it from either the Cinderella story uh, with Hillary Duff or One Tree Hill or the Out Cold soundtrack, which I saw a bunch of people or Butterfly Effect had mentioned. Oh, was it in Butterfly Effect? Yeah, yeah, it was. Which I was trying I to rack my one. brain on which part it was, but then again, I remembered that it was not. I thought Butterfly Effect was going to be this intense movie, but it was more about the the decisions that he had made in the beginning and how he could never go back and get right. them. And I think that was the real the realization. It must have been playing then. Right. Jim had commented on songs like this in Drowned in Sound, which is the most I'd found of them commenting on this song directly. So Andrew Trendle on September 21st, 2016 for Drowned in Sound wrote, uh, I come back to how much of himself Adkins puts into the songs. More personal than most, listening to a track like Hear You Me, Night Drive, Just Watch the Fireworks, or on the new record, You Are Free, his writing often feels like an unfiltered channel of sentiment. I asked Jim if he ever feels vulnerable of ever be if he ever feels vulnerable of ever 
being exposed to such a degree is what Jim says. No, because I don't care what people are going to take away from it. It doesn't matter. It's out of your control, he admits. Nothing that I say matters should matter. Think about any record of yours that is personal to you and why. Uh, and why. No one's going to say, this record means so much to me because the artist was having a bad day and wrote this song. It's more <laughs> like, this song means so much to me because of this thing happened to me. That's the work done by the listener. The only way that anything means anything what you bring to it yourself is what makes it special to you. Uh, so that's the most I found of him commenting on songs like this. Not necessarily the song, but I think it sort of applies, especially with a song like this that means so much to so many people. Oh my goodness, yeah. What could he possibly ever say? And I mean, maybe it's best that there's not a ton of information of them talking about it. Right, I think that's intentional. And maybe... I don't know if it's if it's understood or if it's been something that he just says, let's not talk about this. I really don't want to discuss that. Let's put that off the record. It made me wonder if it's on their writer, like uh, yeah. not writer, but like if when they're doing interviews and their PR person's like getting them all set up and everything, if they're like, uh, no, no questions back here. You mean, OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I thought that was sort of interesting. Um and then, uh, yeah, I wrote Rachel Hayden. Oh, I, I love that in the liner notes, uh, Rachel Hayden appears courtesy of her own bad self. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good uh, which we've note. mentioned before, Comment. but uh, because she sings on the song, I thought it was worth um, mentioning again. Um, and Jim plays piano and some percussion. What percussion other than the drums are in here, do you think? Is there like maybe a shaker or something in there? No, it's, uh, it's the... Um... Jingle bells, the bells. Oh, I see. So what's funny is they're so present and great and very clarity sounding uh, on the Go Big Casino versions uh, that I almost just can't even imagine them on the Jimmy World version. Yeah. <laughs> so, OK, he's playing those. Uh, and then Tom plays the organ, which we've discovered. Um, all this stuff about One Tree Hill. I did find a, uh, a link where we can hear uh some of the episode of one tree hill with the song in the background if you want to hear some of that yeah, i can please. play that and watch together so here's away. jimmy eat world performs at the trick is when zach was playing a dw kit this is very potato quality but it's the most of the episode i ever found there's no one in town in a way this is like another live version of the song because as far as i know this is not like them i mean i suppose it could be the album version just with a bunch of reverb and stuff on it Yeah, it's hard to tell. You miss Haley, don't you? Love good montage. Oh man, Haley, sepia tone too. Yeah, it's just hard to let someone go, you know. That's how you know it's from before. <laughs> and then what I'm assuming is they're cutting some other stuff out or yeah. something. George Bernard Shaw once wrote, 
There are two tragedies in life. One is to lose your heart's desire. The other is to gain it. Clearly, Shaw had his heart broken once or twice. Look at this. This is a fan video. Look at all the, the bug is changing. I feel lied to. I, feel, I thought that was a clip from the show. Oh, well. Maybe the other one I had was better, actually. Uh, well, here's what we can watch instead. Uh, the clip from Cinderella Story, where yes. you see Hillary Duff watching I had to watch uh, the this. guy play football. And uh, and then I, I think there's some dialogue and, and a little bit of other stuff. Gotta love these, like, slates. <laughs> I've never seen this film, have you? No, I have not. Is this a Disney Channel movie or is this like a, a, a theatrical release? Uh, it's distributed by Warner Brothers. Oh, okay. So, playing the big game here. Nine seconds to go. Oh, sports, man. My kind of guy. Sports, yeah. sports, sports. She looks very conflicted. Yeah. Man, without context, I just don't know what's happening. So. I thought that I could handle this, but I really can't. Her and the football star met in a chat room. You know what? I'll tell you how it ends, okay? And it's sort of like mixed signals. Hey, that was Babe Ruth. You bet, man. That's Art Lafleur. He's he's one of yeah. the best coaches in cinematic history. I love his look. I don't know why, but can I keep this? <laughs> yeah. With the Mickey Mantle, was that it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, so that is that's all I have for track notes. Outside, I mean, this is a huge Michael and Carly track. So I was trying to find anything outside of the Michael and Carly realm. Did you find yeah. anything else additional about outside of Michael and Carly realm? Uh, no, not really. In terms of like, yeah, notes about the song and things like that. I think it might be worth reading the top plus 17 on song meanings here. Um, This is from Sweet Dreams, and they posted this on January 31st, 2009. When I was 15, I moved to a new town and knew no one. One of the guys at my new school came up to me and pretty much told me I had to sit with him and his friends, and I had no choice. We became best friends. We were inseparable. He died when I was 17. I heard this song a couple weeks after he died, and I could only cry. This song means the world to me. I miss my friend so much. Every time I hear this song, I feel him with me. So I decide. I so I dedicate this to Jeffrey Scott Minster. May angels lead you in, hear you, me, my friend. And I found so many great community posts that I thought we could read on this episode. Sure. Um, of people that were remembering people or remembering times with this song in particular and, and things like that. Um, uh, 
because it, it, it like i said the song means so much to so many people um, right there is a funny uh <laughs> real quick before we uh bum everybody out um was it yeah uh if the if you don't don't clip uh when uh david from growing up punk co-hosted the show with you and he uh talked about people using the song in a strange context so we could hear it uh let's uh remember what he said about that on episode 22 funny story about hear you me and i know we're not talking about it but i actually had and i'm sure they're not the only ones but i have friends who at their wedding the bride she came out to that song and i'm like you know it's about someone dying right like like, (laughs) i don't know if that's how you want to like start your marriage but like with with like a funeral march sort of thing but right uh, (laughs) so funny but (laughs) um but the song means so many things to so many different people um you could even in theory play this uh seven words clip with jim atkins he's joking about uh uh people doing circle pits at shows no matter what's going on wall of death every every song dude <laughs> Hear you me. Like, all right. Yeah. yeah. Back up. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go on to do like British accents about that. Yeah. Um uh but that was a fun clip I thought uh about again so many songs mean so many things to so many people you could do a wall of death uh in the pit yeah uh, to this oh and i guess finally we could play the uh clip from episode 20 when you had Lindsay uh do a little spot on the show uh for a praise chorus and she mentioned uh you giving her some backstory on the song made it a little different for her okay here we go you had told me a little bit of background about it. I don't remember the name of the song, but it's it was written for the people who had passed away. Yeah, hear you me. Yeah. I just, I feel their music so much more when you explain these little things to me. And I just, they make me happy. And even when I hear songs like that, it just makes me, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, it's a happy feeling. And it's an, I, I feel them. I feel their music. I feel like they, they speak to me on a couple of different levels. That's the sign of a good songwriter. So, right yeah. There. Yeah, exactly. They're they're pretty uh, good exactly uh, songwriters. Right. Yeah, <laughs> they might have this thing figured yeah. out. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, yeah, uh, here's some more of the things. So, uh, there's on our Pisa Punk Posers Discord group, uh, of all of the other music podcasts. Not all of, but a lot of the other music podcasts. There's uh the Rad Dad Pod. Um, uh, Brett who hosted that said, I played this song at my grade 12 graduation. We had lost a classmate a couple months before. What a powerful tune. Good luck with the episode. Can't wait to hear it. Can't think of any covers off the top of my head. I guess I couldn't have read the rest of that, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, but yeah, uh, good stuff here is for me. This is heaven on Reddit. Um, it says, I have a cool story about covering it. In college, I played in a band, pop punk emo covers, then originals. We took part in this fundraiser for an annual service trip. We were supposed to bid on, people were supposed to bid on us to perform at a party, but after no bids, we were quote unquote bought by the president of the college, a Catholic, a Catholic priest he ends up passing later in the year and they ask us to play at his memorial we played hear you me and it was pretty emotional a year later another priest on campus passed away and someone asked me to play the song at the funeral mass three of the band members were in chapel choir 
So Hear You Me basically became the remembrance song for priests oh. that passed away at the school. Um, so yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. And um, there was a song of the week post and uh, the song was suggested by Not A Thumb. And the reason that they suggested it was my family went through a year where every month or so we were at another funeral. The song was a crutch for me and it's the message and its message gives me hope. Also, this song was the first song I learned to sing during my vocal lessons, and I chose it as my song because of its meaning to me. And, uh, oh, we, you and I had a back and forth in yeah. M. Leather 9's yes. post. Did there you remember that? I do. I, I You know what? I didn't remember it, actually. I went into that thread, and I saw your tag. I barely remembered it, too. Yeah. I guess this is less of a remembrance. I didn't organize my, my community stuff, but this was fun anyway. Um Somebody, he was commenting on the new sound guy they got, uh, M Leather 9. And he says, I rem uh, remember reading that the band hired a new sound tech, and I already noticed a huge difference. You can finally hear the piano in the bridge of For Me This Is Heaven, and the mixing is 10 times better. Now, if they could only turn Robin's mic down on Hear You Me, that would be perfect. Um, I don't really, we'll listen to them playing it live. Yeah, uh, I think I have one video of them playing it with Robin. I don't remember it being out of out of line. Uh, but you and I had gone back because I uh, trying to do my due diligence for the pod. I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Where did you read about them having a, a different thing? And then uh, was it you that said, what What was the Jimmy, comment? I don't Jimmy have a weekly, to. of course. <laughs> oh, yes. And I said, oh, I'm a Jimmy E. Time subscriber, <laughs> which I you and I got a kick out of, but we didn't get many upvotes. So. Yeah, well, I got Sieves. <laughs> Sieves commented on mine, and I think uh, they were they were half joking. What's Jimmy Eat Weekly? LOL. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like maybe it is, maybe is it a podcast or something? Eh, kind of. Yeah. Right. Yes, it's the better uh, the better pod. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, okay, uh, Lulu Pena on Facebook. Uh, at, was asking kind of everybody the community, "What's your story with Jimmy Eat World?" Uh, and he says, uh, I was nine years old. I'm 17 now. And my mother was in the hospital. I used to go to the hospital every day, but the doctors wouldn't let me see her. So I was really sad and it was a difficult time. One day I was in the hospital waiting room and my sister gave me her phone so I could listen to some music. I turned on the radio and hear you me started to play. That was before and that was a before and after in my life. When I was back home, I looked for more and more music on the internet and fell in love. I was so scared and alone. I had no friends, and knowing I could lose my mother was a hurting bullshit. But whenever I started, uh, whenever I listened to Jimmy Eat World, I felt safe and happy. Same as now, in 2017, I had the opportunity to meet the guys and tell them my story. They gave me the best hug ever. <laughs> and after Hear You Me, Jim said some really emotional words and gave me his pick. It felt like a dream. I don't know if I will be able to see them again because I'm from Uruguay, but if they don't come back, I will go. Jimmy E. World helped me when I was a lost child, and I will always be grateful for that. Thanks if you read this, and sorry for the grammatical errors. Um, so that's Lulu Pena's story. And Lulu's pretty uh, um, active on the group. So yeah, uh, uh, I thought that was a really nice story. Um, Sherry, uh, who's also... Uh, very. I think she's an admin, maybe. In yeah. The Sherry Van Hugenstein. Hugenstein. Um, Hugenstein. Yeah. Uh, uh, says whenever I'm listening to "Hear You Me" 
and these lyrics come on, I always think of my mom. Happy Mother's Day to all you moms on the Jimmy Eat World crew. Uh, Thomas Raybaud on Facebook says, Hi guys, this is my first time posting in this group. Wanted to share my love for the band. I discovered Jimmy Eat World with Hear You Me when I was a kid. Guest, I must thank a Cinderella story for this. Uh, and since that day, I listened to every single song from them. Uh, sort of love at first hearing. Marcus Parr on Facebook says, So uh, we had a d uh, the darkest song yesterday, but what's their saddest song? <laughs> For me, it's Hear You Me, obviously because of the tragedy that it was written about. But lyrically and musically, it's such a beautifully sad song. That third verse gets me every time. Um, so those are some of the sort of shout outs from the community, not shout outs, but like remembrances from the community. I liked seeing people talk about their relationship with that song in particular and that and, and the band. Um, yeah. So yeah, pretty, pretty cool. And Lulu's story was fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah. The biggest hug. Yeah. Um, I got a couple more fun things and then we could talk about Jake T. O'Donnell where it lands in his list. All right. Okay. Um, did you see snake oil 27's meme? Um, which meme was that? I, m I might have. So it, that it was a Lisa Simpson meme where she's listening to her iPod and it was, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's parodying the early two thousands, Apple iPod ads where it was a, a silhouette dancing, but a very white cable connected uh, right. to somebody's ear to the white iPod. And Lisa Simpson's dancing in front of some iPod ads. And it's two cells, her really dancing happy, and then her sort of looking sad and forlorn. And it's it just says sweetness slash hear you me. So sweetness, you're dancing, you're having a great time. Hear you me, you're kind of sad and <laughs> and forlorn. And even the Apple ad behind her is also sad. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, I grabbed a post from Snake Oil 27 uh, from a year ago. That uh, this is this has got to be the third time we've brought this up. Uh, but what's your favorite three song section within any Jimmy Eat World album? I saw this mm. question asked on the MGMT subreddit. Uh, for me, it's Sweetness, Hear You Me, and If You Don't, Don't. That section is pure bliss. So yeah, yeah. it is. It's uh, it's very bittersweet. You go through Sweetness, Rock Out, and hear Hear You Me, and you know it's it's kind of a it's a turnaround, uh, tempo and feel wise. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> if you're really into the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh. I'm going to text you something in messages from my phone just while we uh, while we chat here. My okay. attachment is too long. PC load letter. The hell is PC load letter? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Why is this so hard for people? Uh, sorry, I'm just sending you this link. This is good content. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to find the timestamp for you to go to there, but mm -hmm. uh, when we get there. Okay. Uh, this next link I sent you is unfortunately i just i don't i uh, unless you saw the post somebody had posted a picture of their living room and they mentioned oh the art on the wall yeah i, I bought and it's the waveform i i unfortunately i'm sorry i don't remember who that was that was but case, I did find, kcm 1984's post perfect thank you i did find the seller that sells the art print of the waveforms of this song in particular uh on bespoke bespokenart.com uh, they sell a waveform art print of the song. So it's the song all the way through, and you can see right in the middle where the <laughs> song sort of drops off and oh, then yeah. it builds up again uh, and all of that. But that's kind of a cool piece of artwork um, 
uh, for people to hang in their home. And we love that. I, w- I wish there were more of that. For a little bit, we looked at DeviantArt, but it's just too bonkers over there. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, there's the guy, Charles Miller, that does the Outpost Print Co. Yeah. Stuff, and he created a poster for every Clarity track. Um, that's that's just cool stuff, and I would love to have that in my thing. We already talked about the English Nerds blog. Oh, <laughs> are you an SVU fan? Law and Order SVU? Mm, I've watched several episodes. I don't think I've watched an entire season in order, no. Got it. Okay. I feel like the the fans of that show are just insanely diehard. Um, somebody wrote Hear You Me as fan fiction for, oh goodness. Uh, for SVU. And I'm not going to go through the whole episode, but I'll read just at the beginning here. Uh, so disclaimer, I don't own the show or the characters. The song is Hear You Me by Jimmy Eat World. Notes. I was listening to this song and this story idea came to me. I strongly suggest listening to the song as you read it. Huge thank you to writer KC for beta reading this one for me. After you finish reading, please review, then go check out these amazing authors who's also updated. This is written by Alexis Dawn. Um, And basically it's like the first or the first two verses and then bang, bang, bang. (laughs) Olivia felt hollow as she's like, I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is amazing. Um, uh, so anyway, I love seeing fan fiction. So um, if anybody wants to see that, tweet at us and we'll post that. Um, uh, this was uh, in two survivors. Uh, Pebbles was survivor. It was in fourth place uh, and it made it to round eight. And then it was in fifth place in walking on a wire survivor. Uh, and finally, in my uh, stuff before we start listening to some music uh, from me anyway, uh, Jake T. O'Donnell, this lands in his top or b- bottom 50, I guess. Yeah, bottom 50 from 50 to 100. OK, I'm going to guess it's pretty close. I'm going to say 59. Oh, close. 65. Ooh, OK, hear you me. One of the B-sides from Weezer's 1994 Blue Album was titled Michael and Carly. It was about sisters, Michael and Carly. Alan, who were Weezer superfans. Sadly, they lost their lives in a car accident traveling to a show in Salt Lake City in 97. They had befriended the guys in Jimmy Eat World sometime before that, giving the band a place to stay in L.A. They were the inspiration for Hear You Me, the first thing the band ever did that could be classified as an acoustic ballad. That original Weezer song features the words Hear You Me throughout. It's the song at every show where everyone used to hold up their lighters and now hold up their cell phones. Jim's plaintive vocal, highlighted by Rachel Hayden's beautiful harmonies, add a perfect touch to the poignancy here. When someone I know or respect passes away, I sometimes find myself saying, may angels lead them in as my own prayer. This song is a beautiful gift, the kind of tribute anyone would want. So yeah, that's terrific. Love it. Well said, Jake T. O'Donnell. Uh, Awesome. So shall we jump into, do you have anything else from the community? Uh, no, the only other thing that I had, uh, which might segue us into this, uh, talking about Robin, um, was a, the Justin set from three years ago, Courtney or Robin, uh, who do you guys prefer as the backing touring musician? And I don't know why, but here you me comes up pretty often with poor Robin. So I don't know. Did you have uh, a live version of that that we could listen to to see what he sounds like singing Here You Me? 
live? Let's let's. Uh, I, I I didn't do my due diligence to pull different versions with different singers. Like I made okay. note of when they were there, but let's go ahead and listen to this one from 2017. That's Robin Era, so I okay. can't imagine he's not on this at Lollapalooza. So uh, here's Lollapalooza 2017, and I assume we should jump to the middle here. Okay. There's Robin. Oh. I, I I hear a I mean, little bit he's of singing in his upper register, but yeah, I, there's a little bit of nasal nasalness nasaliness mm, that I'm hearing in there that maybe that's sure, what yeah. people get hung up on. Uh, sure, I, I do see how that would be better geared toward a female vocalist up there. Maybe he if he well, just let's a b it now. So I've got uh, I think this is um, I know for sure. This one has a girl singing, and I'm assuming it's Rachel. It's from 2001. Let me skim yeah. through this. I don't think they had Courtney Marie Andrews thing. in there yet. Let me scrub, scrub through this 2010 one and see if this is maybe Courtney. Um, I think Courtney is in this one. I think I watched this. So I'll jump to about the same area halfway through. Yep, yeah. Interesting that Tom's in there too. Yeah, I love Tom's work there, man. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I mean, hearing them back to back, I would I would prefer Courtney over uh, Robin, unfortunately, for that. Yeah, but I guess I. It's hard to say watching a video on YouTube. If I were in the room with them, would I even would I cringe? Care. Yeah. Would I care? Would I notice? Yeah. Uh, sometimes, like sometimes, I uh, I was just remembering the other day I saw them playing. This must have been at the Glass House. And I think it was that Futures tour. And they opened with Futures. And through the whole song, Jim kept like backing away from the microphone. And I think he was getting shocked by the PA. <laughs> and a stagehand came out halfway through the song and put like a little two inch adapter between the microphone and the XLR that went to the PA. And that seemed to fix whatever it was. And I always wondered what that piece of equipment was. <laughs> like, was it just something like a, a, an extra extension cable to absorb it? Or like, 
Like, I wonder what that whole point was about. But anyway, it made me think of uh, um, singing live in the room and, and seeing things happen that shouldn't be happening um, and seeing how they deal, you know? Mm-hmm. So. I wonder if it was a little imp. I have one of those. It's kind of a, it's an impotence reducer. Interesting. Maybe. So Interesting. what is it? What I don't know what impotence is. Mm, that might be more for sound. I, mean, I know what impotence uh, is. <laughs> uh, I think impotence is in, let's see, uh, within, in regards to a microphone. It's, yeah, it's like the AC resistance. Uh, microphones typically come with an output impedance of less than 200 ohms. Such low impedances allow for very long cables to be run without sound degradation. I thought it was more, mm. it's, so it's an AC resistance. There's there's juice, and I imagine that it was just, you know, there's so many different venues that this particular one was just, and I've, I've had that problem too, where there's a bad ground. and it, Oh, yeah, you always got the bad ground, oh, man. man. And that maybe that's what it was. It was <laughs> you just touch it by chance. I, I used to play with the sock. Over the uh, just because I didn't want to deal with like every time trying to figure out where the the short was, it was something in my guitar. But yeah, that maybe that's what he installed. They're very short, and all the it's like an inline thing that's about four inches long that you could pop in. So wait, what was the sock was covering your guitar? No, the sock was covering the uh, the microphone. Ah, I see, I see. There was no windscreen on it, so I just have I had a sock in the back just as a backup. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I remember practicing at like uh, shitty re- rehearsal spots and like because, yeah, I mean, you have to put your lips on the microphone. Yeah. Um, and uh, you are 100 percent getting shocked all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I ever since I saw that happen with Jim and maybe because I knew what it was that I always wanted to know what that thing was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never did the homework to figure out what it was. So let's travel back and way back, back into time. Um, I'm going to give you the first of two Go Big Casino clips. Okay. This one is from an album on our drive called Go Big Casino Bonus Tracks, but it's a live track. And uh, the interesting thing about these two tracks is it doesn't sound like Jim singing. And right. I, I got... I got lazy. I was going to speed them up to 110% because chances are these were recorded to tape and maybe they were digitized slowly. Okay. All right. But I didn't do it, so. Here it is. <laughs> this is a song from my phone, Carly.
145 I wrote there's a dope break. Okay, let's see. Coming up on it. I like the March sound. I, it gets kind of old, you know, leading in every time, but yeah, I like it. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice change. So that's that. That show was not dated in any way. Yeah, this is from this is the Gobi Casino show from December seventeenth, nineteen ninety nine, and uh, in another version of this track, Jim introduces all the uh, band members and confirms that it's him. So again, I think this is slowed down slightly, maybe, and that's why it maybe. It doesn't quite sound like him. Okay. Um, a couple notable timestamps is again at 140, that same break. Uh, it's just so good. And then uh, you can hear him say, couldn't let it live on this one at 333. Okay. So here we go. All right. This is a. This is a. This is a song for, uh, for Michael and Carly Adams. It's called Hear You Me. I like can't believe how good this sounds, and it's like an unreleased track. bits and pieces that sound like Jim. Yeah, it's, it almost sounds like Jim has a cold or is doing like a British yeah, accent. Yeah. Is that an, that's a violin. Yeah, that violin really shines right here. Couple of them. Okay, let's go up to uh, three thirty. Three thirty-three is where I wrote he sings. Couldn't let it live. Okay. Now it sounds like there were a couple of um, violins in there, right? 
I don't know. I guess violent and well enough. I I, yeah. I knew there's at least one. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Let's Oh, we must have missed it. There's just, there's certain things that I'm hearing that just don't sound like anything I've heard coming out of Jim. And I guess that's what's throwing me off. There, there are things that they're doing, and are like, yes, that is Jim. But then there's other things, yeah, yes, that like he's I've doing never that I've heard never heard him. heard him do. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's his go big casino character. Yeah. I think it was slightly earlier than that. I somehow I messed up the, my timestamp, but he, he sings. He sings. Couldn't let it live in this one. Um, okay. Let's see. Oh, so uh, on this link here, this is them playing it. This is their second show post nine eleven. This is nine sixteen oh one. Rachel. I'm assuming is at this show with them uh, singing. Um, there's a female vocalist at two thirty. Uh, you can uh, hear the bridge start. Okay. Uh, and this is in St. Louis. We're gonna jump to two thirty. Yeah. All right. Go to 412 because I love how emotional he gets in that last round of doing the chorus. So he does a dope here at 412. I think that was Tom in there, there was. right? It sounded a lot like yeah, Tom. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Woo! All right. All right. <laughs> so let's go to the inner ear recording, inner ear sessions, inner ear right. uh, thing. Um, uh, this was recorded June 1st, 2002 by Jay Robbins, recorded and mixed by. Um, and... They don't have anybody there with them. Uh, let me pull up my timestamps I saved on my phone here. Um, but uh, this is just Jim and Tom, which is, you don't see a lot of. So, yeah, Tom comes in about the 225 mark Okay. Uh, if you want to jump up there. But this is a very popular uh, recording. This was released with the Believe in What You Want DVD and then on the deluxe edition of Bleed American. Right. Uh, uh, label is the Inner Ear, uh, which we discovered is the name of the... 
recording studio, not what I thought, which was the monitor, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the monitor recording. I never knew that the believe in what you want session was called inner ear recording. Uh, so anyway, okay. that's what this is from. Uh, Tom jumps in uh, where you can really hear him and Jim just by themselves going back and forth with that bridge part uh, okay. around 225. That's the that's the big uh, part I wanted to see at four oh six. Oh, at two fifty four. Go to two fifty four. The or did we already hit that? Mm, No, uh, I think we were just getting into that. Oh, okay. I I wrote something about the bridge here. Oh, the bridge. Yes, yes, yes. They have like a Moog or something doing the the. It's because it's like a more toned down type of recording. Uh, Take a listen to what they have here instead of. It's almost like a happy medium between Tom's ripping guitar and that organ that we like. Right. fun i don't know Man. what that is it's I some guess kind I of organ or a synth the, uh, yeah I, I think it's safe i could have watched the believe in what you want dvd i'm sure they showed whoever was playing it <sighs> i can't believe i didn't do that let me look at this uh so it's tom on some sort of synthesizer of some sort you just see him playing keys you, uh, you can't, can't really make out what, what it is yeah what the uh it's like a korg synthesizer module of some sort looks like a 26 key type of deal anyway Mm -hmm. so uh i thought that was fun um in 2008 they did three shows in the uk that they then sold on their website there was brixton uh which was recorded uh february 18th 2008 birmingham which was recorded february 19th 2008 and manchester which was recorded february 20th 2008 the version that i had readily available to me uh, was uh, this one here. Uh, all were recorded and mixed by Andrew Tullock. Um, so I'm sending that over to you on Drive. This is when it was uh, disc two, track six. So I think this is the Brixton uh, okay. one. On Manchester and Birmingham, Birmingham, it was disc two, track nine, for those following along at home. <laughs> tune that guitar man (laughs) (laughs) there's one thing i know it's a d chord (laughs) i love hearing everybody sing along 
if you jump to 250, I wrote something dope happens. I don't remember. Let's see what happens at 250, if it is in fact dope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny when we were doing this, when I was doing the research, I was like, I remember him like doing cool vocal runs, and that was the one I remembered. <laughs> and the next cool bit I have at 408. All right, let's go. For it. You had to give it, uh, give it its full run. Tom Solo's so simple, but so well done. Yeah. That's way better than the one on one mil. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> You got a little cocky with that, uh, the mid run. That's the okay. Run he had in the middle. It was his, he had just traveled. That's his first of three shows in the UK. He's probably jet lagged a little bit. I didn't have oh, the man. other ones uh, uh, readily available to me. But um, uh, the last one I wanted to kind of go uh, through of them playing it live is track five on the Are You Listening EP. And this was a digital only EP given by the band for free to people who bought tickets to Jimmy Eat World Incubus 2017 US tour, which I did go to at the Hollywood Bowl. It was so fun seeing them uh, play the bowl with with the, they brought the uh, the street lights. So it was so funny. I remember Susie and I were talking, like we saw them play with this set at the Roxy and now we're seeing them play with the exact same set on the Hollywood Bowl stage, which yeah. is so cool. Um, and I remember getting this via email uh, a, a few weeks after the show, I think, or something like that. Um, but uh, uh, we can listen to a little bit of this one. Let me see. I wrote down a couple notable things here. Yep. Three minutes. This has Courtney Marie Andrews singing with them. So th- uh, three minutes and 425 are the dope parts. All right. Let's see. Uh, three minutes. I love the little runs, man. You don't hear it that often. Yeah. All right, 425. 425. Oh, yeah, man. Man, going for it again, man. Yeah. I can't get enough (laughs) of it. Couldn't get enough. (laughs) All right, so now we're into covers, unless you have anything else that you wanted to talk about of them playing it live. I I did not. Covered the gamut of the ways that they perform this live, which yes. is mostly the same, but fun vocal runs uh, mm-hmm. and different. Uh, they did it with Rachel. They did it with Courtney. They did it with Robin. So we saw it all the ways. And Tom, uh, solo Tom. Um, I do have a rave DJ. I wrote the most emo rave DJ. Yes, man. All right. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and send you this link. I mixed it with a, I don't even remember what the song is called. Uh, Can I see it there? Southern Weather by The Almost. And this is just called The Elm. (laughs) Uh, But unfortunately, I did not take into consideration. Toonbat needs to add 
uh, time signature because yeah. I mixed Camelots, but I did not mix time signature. So it does not work some ways <laughs> because that's a four, four song, but it's actually right. pretty impressive how well they work together. Not cursed. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, here we go. This is the, the alm. is so emo <laughs> i couldn't believe it um uh so yes yeah, sticking with emo now we can jump into the reason that we did this song or, or well eric's uh contribution to the covers section yeah um i have a couple different links i don't know should i go with the one i found on youtube or the drive link um no let's do here if we do the one that i have it's it's one of the s- okay do the one you have uh, this was the best sounding one. Perfect. Right, so there's no video accompanying it, but it's the best sounding one. All right, here we go. This is uh, Paramore with Hear You Me. They're all pretty low quality, but this was this one had the least amount of... Uh, this is Riot Era, which is like really bad quality era of bootleg uh, audio. I love this band. such control of her vocal abilities she's such a pro oh it's unfair (laughs) she's the best it's like it's like blink jimmy world paramore that's like my top three yeah yeah i can see it (sighs) okay so uh sticking with emo actually uh i found all time low you found a cover wow all right of hear you me and i love all time low uh they're like the the most pop punk of pop punk bands 
So let's hear a little bit of All Time Low doing Hear You Me. Thank you guys so much. And some sort of acoustic sound. I'm not sure what this is. This is uploaded by user Jen Knopf. This is a, this is a song by Jimmy World. Is that person running lights on their iPad right there? Like, what's happening in the front? Uh, this is the audio booth. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Is that what you're looking at? <laughs> it's like it's just like the largest screen right in front of uh, the stage. Oh, I see. Atmosphere uh, blower thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, I like All Time Low. I mean, it sounds like the song. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I have a few other professional covers from people we probably don't know. Um, have you heard of Alex Goot? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I came across them, did not, was not familiar, but look at their fellowship, the, how many followers they have, right? I didn't notice. Let's see. Like three and a half million. This what? is goot. This, this is goot music, right? This is who you're talking about. Is he related to the goot? <laughs> the goot. <laughs> Alex Gutenberg, ladies and gentlemen, the son of uh, Steve. Steve Gutenberg. Um. So yeah, I I. It, what's funny is I discovered him on Apple Music. I was just like, let me call all my covers together. Uh-huh. And when you search on Apple Music, you can search your library, which are your local tracks or things you've added to your library. Or you can search the Apple Music Library. And I searched both because I was like, oh, maybe some other people have covers. And he showed up. And then I saw that he was on YouTube as well. Um, but uh, uh, he showed up for me uh, at first in Apple Music. So I was like, oh, this kid's like professional. And his video looks professional. So I figured we could play a little bit of this in uh, Watch Together. And he's yeah. got uh, Jada Facer? Fosser? Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, I would say that is. Uh, I, I put down the so girl shows listen. up around two ten. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, Jada Foster, I guess. Well, let's go ahead and jump to two ten. On sleepless roads, the sleepless go. May angels lead. 
work too yeah sounds good it sounds like um like who is it uh that everyone uh i want to say sean mendez and like 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 male pop stars today yeah it sounds like very much like that yeah um uh and it's cool it's it's good it's funny uh we were listening to sean mendez in the car and there's a blink 155 joke that sam knows sean mendez is lawyer and that's like it's like claim to fame (laughs) um but I was listening to Sean Mendez and I felt like I knew like way more songs than I th- thought I would have from like, I don't know how I would know his songs at all, at all, but I did. Um, and uh, anyway, that reminded me a lot of that. Have you heard of Michael Henry and Justin Robinette? Uh, no, not that. Duo. I don't expect you to. I'm just no. asking because these people. No, I'm, I'm looking at my Apple list. Music. Okay. No, they didn't show up on my list though. Okay, so they uh, they showed up on Apple Music and they have a video here on um, uh, uh, YouTube. So I'll play and watch together. Um, and this is a what did I say about them? Let's see. Great piano cover is what I said. See, now this is something different. Yeah, man. Sounds like Adele. <laughs> you know that closing time guy uh, wrote one of her biggest songs. Is it hello? It probably. He's the guy that wrote uh, Closing Time from Semisonic. I do think I I did my, a little bit of homework and I skipped ahead and I don't think he does like the big vocal things that uh-huh. we like that Jim does. Um, have you heard of Sad Boy? Sad Boy? No, I don't think so. No. I only found a Spotify link, so you're gonna have to play it. Um, All right. I don't know what Sad Boy does. It sounds like like a SoundCloud rapper name, um, but it's a very earnest cover of "Hear You Me," which is kind of SoundCloud rapper brand. Like they really like pop punk and emo um 
but I mean, it was a capable acoustic cover as far as I remember. Okay. Um, from the preview I was able to hear. So I thought maybe we could listen to Sad Boy. Maybe you can add him to your Spotify playlist. They have a vibrato sound they got going on with their voice. Hope they're not really sad, boy, because that was really good. We can jump into our community section. So we had reached out to the community. Anybody have a cover that they did or one that they wanted to suggest and all that type of stuff. So uh, we called the community and the submissions and stuff from that. And we got these set of, I've got six here. All right. Um, so uh, first is from Chorus FM. They did a compilation um, f- uh, a tribute to Jimmy Eat World. And this is the cover of Hear You Me by Bert Bro, The Independence, and it's really good. Wow. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, that was That's tight. my favorite one yeah, of the night so really far. Good. Wow. Yeah. Uh so uh I mean th- I uh I have that compilation bookmarked for our research, but uh Brad who runs the compilations uh when I posted that we were looking for covers uh on the chorus forums, he was like, "Oh, there's a great one here." <laughs> and uh so in a way he tipped me off to it. Um even though hopefully I would have found it anyway. Um the next is Christian Herser. I wrote from Facebook, but he's also the the clip is on YouTube. Um, he wrote, I don't know if it's okay to share this here, but being a Jimmy World fan for over a decade and being able to see them for the first time last year as a ger- at a German festival, my friend and I recorded this little clip of Hear You Me. This song means a lot to me personally, and I hope you like this version. Hope that's okay. If not, I sincerely apologize. So I believe this is him covering it. Uh, and I believe his band is called Letters from Barna. Yeah, Jimmy will cover. There's no one in town, I know. You gave us some place to go. I never said thank you for that. I thought I might get one more chance. What would you think of me now? So lucky, so strong, so proud. He looks like the bass player at AFI. I like the cozy vibe they got going on in there. Yeah, man. I want to have like a nice toasty beverage. Oh, yeah. Um, I got to look it up. I got to look it up because it's bothering me. You had thought maybe it was a flat picking. Carabas says he took time away from the band to approach writing songs differently to the point of even changing the way he played guitar from strumming to a more intricate finger picking. Carabas said he wrote nearly a full-length record of that kind of ballad storytelling, traditional singer-songwriter type of thing and enlisted friends to play. It doesn't say. Oh, man. It, it, I want to say it's like Thomas picking, but that's not what it is. Um, Travis picking. Oh, Travis picking. It might be Travis picking. There you go. There it is. That's that's got to be it. That comes and from, that's the style yeah. we talked about a couple uh, uh, episodes ago. Yeah, there it yeah, is. Yeah, from Merle Travis. It, it's an incredible. I, I will probably never learn to play that, mostly because I bite my nails a lot, so I'd never have long <laughs> enough nails to do that. Um, but uh, this guy, I believe, is doing a, a, a form of that. Next is Danny Jackson from Facebook. I'm going to have to send this link to you, and you'll have to open it because it was embedded right in Facebook. Um, okay. Which means you'll have to be logged into Facebook. Sorry, I should have told you. That's fine. Um, okay. But uh, uh, I, I didn't write his post down here. Um, okay. So uh, Danny Jackson, May 20th, just a rendition of Hear You Me. Uh, P.S. I am not a pro. The old disclaimer. <laughs> Yeah. 
He just starts at a 10. Yeah, man. I, <laughs> Danny nailed it, man. Most of the time, I gotta work my way up to something <laughs> that powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He, he nah. like, came out swinging. Yeah, boom. <laughs> uh, the next one I sent you is our uh, Alex Kyle, who has come up a lot. Oh yeah, uh, I believe in my community searches. And finally, we've got a cover of him. I don't know if we've done a cover of him before. He did not look familiar at all. Um, and he's got a really cool instrument. It looks like in the comments he ends up saying that it's a EZAG. A Yamaha Easy AG, um, and let's see what he says. Uh, I'm a singer songwriter, so I don't usually do covers, but I did perform. Oh, oh, oh! Right, 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 right. So somebody else at some other point had asked, uh, "Does any anybody have any Jimmy Eat World covers they like to do?" Which he commented, "I'm a singer songwriter, so I don't usually do covers, but I did perform Hear You Me at my wedding for my wife. I don't know if it was this cover or not, uh, this version." Um, and here's what he had to say about the instrument. It has a bank of about 20 different sounds and MIDI out to be used as a controller if required. Essentially, it looks like a guitar, like it's some sort of digital guitar, uh-huh. um, but it sounds like a piano. It's really cool. Um, so we can hear a little bit. Of that. All right, here we go. Hi, everyone. So this is my cover of Hear You Me. Now it sounds like a piano, but he's looks like he's playing a yeah. guitar. It's nuts. <laughs> and this was recorded on a phone. I wonder what it sounds like in the room. Yeah. Or even just put through a PA. I wonder how comfortable it feels to play something like that jumping from a full stringed instrument over to that if it's an easy transition is it even the same fingering too you know what I mean like it looks like it but I wonder if there's little ridges to kind of give you an idea of where your fingers should be similar to like frets so since 11 hours ago when I said when I watched this video I was like yo this is tight uh, he has since liked my comment and said thanks David having the benefit of time here I can see where it could be improved slash changed but at least I didn't get blasted for altering the melody 
uh, no, this was exactly the type of content yeah. we were looking for. Minus, uh, as I get into my last and final cover here, um, I can't believe uh, there were no pop punk, yeah, or punk rock, or even or metal. Even said metal covers. Like we really, I was really. Apparently, both of us were really hoping we were going to find something that really took it left field, uh, and it just didn't exist. So I don't know. Maybe one day I'll I'll get around to doing something like that. Um, but uh. But yeah, I just sent you a Discord link. Yep. Um, because and I don't know, does my Discord link open your Discord to so the same it, place? It shot me over to Thomas Heap's um, uh, three tracks. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. So uh, Adam Thomas Heap uh, had a cover of this that he submitted to us. Okay. Um, and I wrote the link down so I wouldn't forget. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, I guess he he could be my last from the community. I think you had one that you wanted to play us yeah, out. Yeah, I did. Um. But uh, this could be our last uh, from the community. Okay. And thank you for everybody for participating. And Thomas Heap now has his own uh, channel in the Discord, right? He does. Yeah. That was where that conversation went later on. I think that's where I jumped in. I, I didn't catch those tracks there, but sounds great, man. I like his voice and how yeah. simple he records his stuff with just his, uh, well, most of the time it's his acoustic, but sometimes it can be that, uh, what, the Les Paul, the Gibson? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His... fun of the other day? How dare you? Yeah, I, how but... dare you? <laughs> he doesn't like you. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, real quick, Alex Kyle got back to me. Wow, you have an impressive memory. The version I performed at my wedding was a straight cover on a 12 acoustic guitar. So quite different to that version. So he did not bring that guitar with him no. to his wedding. Uh, uh, I assume he made a uh, 12 string guitar. Yeah. Um, which is even a, a whole different thing. Um. So uh, uh, I guess as we wrap up this marathon of an episode, um, what kind of final thoughts do you have on this? And and do you want to play us out? Yeah, so this is from Amanda Plays Piano. This was posted uh, yesterday. I thought this was very fitting. What? Yeah, right? So here we go. We'll just have on uh, this on in the background here. Thanks, Amanda. Very much uh, similar to Joe, but switch things up. I was, gonna, I, I was looking to see if it was Joe. Yeah. Okay, so as you were saying, uh, uh, what, what what are my thoughts on this song? 
Yeah. Well, David, you know that uh, I've liked this song for a long time. Uh, I'm glad I got to look at it in more detail uh, along with you because you could you give me some more insight with your, uh, your your interpretations of some of these lyrics. And it's uh, it's expanded my view of this song that I already enjoyed. Uh, I've heard it so many times. And uh, it's still very pretty. And even listening to it, you know, we joke about listening to that first D chord over and over again. But listening to how well the song was written, uh, you can kind of get lost in how everybody has kind of put their own spin on it. So this is still a very um, loved track by myself. And uh, what about you, David? Yeah, I was thinking about, like, my relationship with this song. I don't have necessarily, thank goodness, I guess, um, a a moment in my life that this song needs to play. However, it does sort of fill that, like, how did life exist before this song? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, it's one of those songs that's become so ubiquitous, it needed to be written. And I guess we should be so lucky to be around when it was. Um, because it's going to stand the test of time, this song. Um, and, uh, I mean, m- minus one little word change that really could be ar- argued as great. Yeah, either way. Either way. Um, the song, I- I'd love to hear Jim's thoughts on the moment he wrote this song. Is it one of those songs that just spilled out onto the page or did he mull over it for a while? Was he supposed to be on the hear you me comp as go big casino? And he just didn't get the song right. And it wasn't where he wanted it to be. Uh, we'll probably never know, but, uh, I'm glad these are the types of episodes. While I have so much fun doing things like take off horkers and stuff like that. These are the types of episodes where you probably took a song for granted you being me and you and and the uh, us we probably took the song for granted in the best way possible it, it existed and it, it and it did what it needed to do and we never thought of it past that looking into it like this and having a time capsule like an episode like this that has as much information as available on this the 29th of December 2020 right. for a song that's 20 plus years old um is pretty uh, is a is a good indicator of uh, of a pretty amazing piece of art. So uh, all of that is to say, I loved the song going in, and I love this song coming out. Um, and even tomorrow, I'll probably be good with that D chord. You know, <laughs> we'll get over it. I, I I didn't grow tired of the song. Like Blink One Two, my favorite all time band of all time. Uh, I could never hear all the small things ever again and be fine. Um, but and this, I would say, put up there with that. Um, I, I, it, this song, I do enjoy hearing. I don't want to go get a beer at a show when they yeah. play it or anything. Yeah. So, well said, that's my, Well said, man. <laughs> that's my final thought, man. Um, so, I guess until uh, next time, uh, 44JPod, if you have any uh, thoughts that you want to share on the show uh, regarding this song... Uh, you can uh, still join our Patreon. It's free for the first month. Uh, we have merchandise links and join us over on Discord and all of those things. Um, and sh- shoot, maybe we have an interview here or not. Yeah. But if, uh, if we do, we don't. Uh, either way, be excellent to each other. 
and party on, dudes!